Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast, and welcome to our spoiler-free review for Lucasfilm's original series, Willow. How will you defeat us? Same as last time, with my friends. Hey there, my name is Nate, and this is our spoiler-free review for Lucasfilm and Imagine Entertainment's Willow. Huge thanks to our friends at Lucasfilm and Disney Plus Canada for giving us the opportunity to watch this series early for review. If you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast focusing on the world of movies, TV shows, games, toys, and collectibles, and all things Geekcentric. Now, joining me for this epic quest to places beyond our homes... We have the beanie-wearing daikini who enjoys a good magical martini. He's Justin, the Jade Stan Lawrence. I do enjoy a good martini. I that's, thought so. uh, that's, that's more appropriate than something with fettuccine in a bikini. Fettuccine. Uh, did, <laughs> in our, in our interview video, I told him that he could pull off a daikini bikini. Uh, and I still think you could. I still think you, you, you've got the body. Uh, and listen, joining us, he's... Furry like a troll, but nicer than a Nolan. He's Darcy, the dreamer of destiny, Hudson. I like how you keep saying I'm furry and hairy and stuff like that. I, I am. <laughs> I have hair on my head, and then everywhere else, very sparse. I gotta say. Okay. <laughs> wow. Good to know. Listen, I didn't. I. I've I don't not want people thinking it. I'm some hairy bear out there. So I just wanted to <laughs> set the record straight. <laughs> True, true. Yeah, he's got a lot of hair on his head. Um, I guess unlike the trolls in this series that are absolutely just covered in hair. How are you two doing this magical evening? I am doing good. Excited to finally talk about this show. I know. Uh, that's for sure. We've been we've been sitting on this one for a little while, so it's great to finally get together and, and share some enjoyment about uh, all things willow <laughs> we're gonna gush over it let's be honest uh bef <laughs> before we dive into this review i wanted to take a moment and, and let those listening know that uh just like i said earlier we did have the opportunity uh to do some interviews for this series we interviewed john kasdan uh who's the showrunner of this very series and we also uh interviewed some cast members aaron kellyman amar chadha patel ruby cruz and tony Revelori, uh, and you can check out that interview right now on YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric. Uh, the only teaser that I'm going to give you for the interview um, is that in, in my interview with Ruby Cruz and, and Tony Revelori, uh, a, a beloved book franchise that any anybody who's a fan of, you know, scholastic book fairs of the 90s uh, might be stoked to hear us talking about. So definitely go check out those interviews after you listen to this review. Uh, but Justin, you know, in that video, we discuss our experiences with the original uh, Willow movie. Uh, so Darcy, for yourself, what was your experience with the original 1988 film? First time watcher this year. Uh, I had never been intrigued by it whatsoever, unlike other Lucasfilm properties. And uh, unlike other Lucasfilm properties, I got to say, that movie did not age well, in my opinion. <laughs> I yeah. wasn't sure how to feel going into this series after sitting through that, uh, again, very dated uh, fantasy romp. So, I mean, the humor had me hooked. I love Val Kimmer, Kimmer's uh, Mad Mardigan and his physical and classic comedy was, was great. That was mm -hmm. one of the things I, I was hoping they carried through, at least, was the humor. And, I mean, in my opinion, they delivered on that. So, it was, yeah... 
tentative thoughts after the movie. Uh, again, first time viewer this year. So, I mean, the sh- this show, though, oh. <laughs> oh. different opinions about it entirely. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I think the original, I think for those who grew up with it, like John Kasdan, mm-hmm. it's, you know, that's a magical thing to oh, watch yeah. when you're eight years old. But obviously being a little bit older for it, at least both you and I going into this movie, um, you know, for the first time. Yeah, dude, I, I will say, I, I listen, I liked a lot of the movie. I think the I could have done without the this don't I don't want anybody to clip this out of context. I could have done without the brownies though in the movie. I well, I don't even know why they're called brownies. Is it because they're as big as a brownie? I, I don't. That's totally an actual. Understand. That's an actual like faith thing. Is that a like, fairy tale thing? Okay. Stuff. It's the brownies are are like I think they're housekeeper fairies. If okay. I'm not mistaken, amazing. That's more what they're known as. So yeah, it is a true thing. So I mean, well, I, I enjoyed them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, but I I know what you mean, Nate. Like they were they were a little unnecessary. They they seemed very obvious in the in the original movie as just the comedy. Yeah. Um, and, unneeded. And I, unneeded, right? Because you did have someone like Val Kilmer who was both charming and comedic. Um, and I think, yeah, like, again, in 1988 when this movie came out, you know, you already had Princess Bride. You already had Labyrinth. You already had a slew of other fantasy-based uh, movies. Um, and, and here you have Willow that it leaned more in the family adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see that. That part is a little charming, but I agree with you both. It just did not age very well. Well, and there were there were elements uh, like the brownies or, you know, characters turning into animals and, and things like that that sort of just felt very much like that that sort of forced like, oh, well, we have to have, look, look, we have the technology, so we have to use it sort of thing mm-hmm. um, that Lucas Lucasfilm would absolutely, do of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And that's that's fair. They can flaunt their stuff. Um, but yeah, it just, as as far as today's standards are concerned, a lot of it was a little unnecessary. But uh, but yeah, as you said, Darcy, I think this series uh, definitely turns Above that around. and beyond. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, and listen, before we attempt to banish the forces of evil yet again, let me get to the synopsis for this series. From Lucasfilm and Imagine Entertainment comes Willow, an all-new live-action fantasy adventure based on the classic 1988 film. Uh, the story begins with an aspiring magician from a Nelwyn village and an infant girl destined to unite the realms, who together help destroy an evil queen and banish the forces of darkness. Now, in a magical world where brownies, sorcerers, there's those brownies again, brownies, sorcerers, trolls, and other mystical creatures flourish, the adventure continues as an unlikely group of heroes set off on a dangerous quest to places far beyond their home where they must face their inner demons and come together to save the world. Willow stars Warwick Davis, Annabelle Davis, Ruby Cruz, Aaron Kellyman, Ralph Ineson, Ellie Bamber, Tony Revolori, Amar Chathapatel, Dempsey Brake, and Joanne Wally. With John Kasdan as the show's showrunner, the series will premiere with the first two episodes on Disney Plus on November 30th, which is today, if you're listening to this on the day that this episode comes out. Uh, And listen, you're going to get to watch those first two episodes and then another episode weekly all the way until January 11th, 2023, when we get that sweet finale. And I am so stoked. Mm -hmm. Uh, Guys, let's get into it. Let's uh, let's start with what we enjoyed about Willow. Um, I think, like we've kind of already started saying, this is a pleasant surprise. I think, you know, I've really enjoyed what I've seen so far and I love how well this moves forward, the world, these characters, but it still feels very connected to that original movie. And uh, this is technically a sequel for those 
who are wondering. Um, and I, I like that they have both callbacks that are, are subtle and not subtle. Like it kind of, you know, there's moments where we get like literal flashbacks of mm-hmm. scenes from the original movie. And it gave me very much the Cobra Kai vibes. I think right off the bat, this show felt very like the dialogue is cheesy. And there's like a moment where like, I think the moment that clicked it for me was Queen Sorsha. She says something to the degree of like, if you think I'm bad, you should have met my mother. And it's just like, that was like, <laughs> okay, I see what you're doing here, writers. Um, so I love, I think the right off the bat, I want to just say, I love that this is fun, silly, and, and cheesy. Yeah, it doesn't mm-hmm. take itself seriously. And I think that that's that's the strength of this of the show among among many things. Um, yeah, being a continuation from the original movie, finding a way to continue the charm and and the whimsy that that Willow, the first movie established into this series, but with a new level of maturity. The, the stakes seem far more serious. The, the threats are darker. Uh, I think in the original movie, we're like, uh, you know, it's it's the 80s. They're trying to do their thing. <laughs> and I, I can imagine kids in the 80s, when they watched it, it would, it would be harrowing. It would, it would be, be scary. Dark and, it would be scary. Yeah. But like now, it's like, you know, 2022, man. Right? <laughs> so obviously, those sort of things are when we say they didn't age well. I think those are the things for at least myself that I look back and I'm like, yeah, th- this is this is that camp. This is that. Mm-hmm. So here, it has evolved in a mature way. It just has more of a sensibility that feels like it deserves to be in the genre of fantasy. Uh, it, it just drips with confidence in 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 the fantasy realm and in its sort of modern approach with its mm-hmm. language and its the way it approaches the dialogue. It's it's so down to earth. It's not so whitey tidy you know, over the top, like Shakespearean style writing, it's, it's real. And it, and I think that that in itself makes it that much more relatable for the audience. Um, so, you know, again, it's just the way that they've evolved it from, from, from what it came from, from that original movie into this series is perfect. It is mm-hmm. so well done. Yeah. I mean, they took the best parts of the humor and stuff like that and then brought the modern darkness that comes with fa- fantasy tales. Like I love the show. It doesn't really pull any punches and, I mean, talking about, you know, you referenced Princess Bride and stuff like that. And then you mentioned Cobra Kai with the modern soundtrack. Occasionally, like there'll be some fight oh, scenes oh, yeah, set to modern dude. songs. I was getting Knight's Tale vibes and just, yes. just stuff like that, where it's like that's it's needed in this uh, this very fantasy uh, saturated year that we've had with House of the Dragon and, and Rings of Power. This one having fun with it is so much like it's a breath of fresh air. And I I, I love it so much for that. Yeah, yeah. the the definitely. The, the 80s vibes definitely come into play with that that soundtrack. The end credits music, honestly, every episode Every episode, slaps. so good. I let, um, it, I let it play through, and I don't normally do that with the, these shows. Dude, there's a dope cover of Enter Sandman at one point, and I just, yeah. it just, mm-hmm. that was what set the tone of the show for me, where I was like, okay, so yeah, so we're going to have fun with every aspect of this show. Mm-hmm. You know, the music by James Newton Howard, don't get me wrong, still mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. I love the way he... He brings in the original theme and it's woven yeah. into the score, but it's also yeah. not like overused at the same no. time. What like a lot of these like sort of reboots try to do. Um, yeah. I love that he's he's found a way to still sort of blend that in, and it just it just works so fluidly and seamlessly. And it's it's kind of cool because even in the music, you know, James Newton Howard is providing the Willow that was before, uh, and mm-hmm. these these artists that are part of the soundtrack are providing the the Willow that is now. And I just I mm-hmm. love it. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it is so smart. I think we were talking about it with Wednesday. There's no real expectation. So there's freedom. Yeah. And you can see that from the series that, you know, there's no expectations even for them. They're having fun with it. They're, they're taking the best parts of the original and adapting it for today and making it super, super enjoyable and not being too constrained to a box of of the genre they're mixing things they're mixing all sorts of elements uh at once and and you know great call out darcy we we have had a pretty big year of fantasy with with you know game of thrones which delivered what i what i expected game of thrones ring of power it's very similar in in some aspects but i think where i really enjoy this show over ring of power is that willow it's having fun. It knows when to take itself seriously, but it's not always about taking itself mm-hmm. seriously. Um, and it has a history and a lore to it that it is exploring. And spectacle is there, but it's more refined and more focused. Whereas I found like in some of our fantasy from this year, it is very much about like, look at how much money we're spending on these episodes. Mm. And here you have Lucasfilm delivering something that feels very traditional, very, very tactile, very real sets, real environments. You know, uh, Tony was, you know, said on, on the movie podcast that there wasn't that much CGI. That's refreshing to hear because, you know, Ring of Powers, the way they were able to achieve a lot of what they were doing was was through spectacle of you know, how much money we're spending on all of this and a lot of green screen and CGI. And I think here, what really shines is Lucasfilm's sensibility with real sets, real props, real practical effects. It was beautiful. And I think it really does give Ring of Power a run for its money. I think this series at uh, at times is really beautiful though, right? Like it's shot in Wales. The original movie was filmed in Wales. So you have that sort of continuity there uh they have a really great variety of environments we get to go to different parts of anduin and it helps to kind of keep the consistency of that world the fact that it is all in wales but at the same time they they do feel like they're traveling to different parts of this this universe and i i you know i think there's some sprawling hilltop flyover shots that do rival something like a Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. something like a Lord of the Rings, especially yeah. when the characters are on horseback. Um, yeah. I I think the, the visuals are uh, really good. I think there's some great CGI. There's some great practical effects like you'd mm-hmm. expect from Disney and Lucasfilm. Um, I think there's, there's one episode in particular and again, this is no spoilers. We're not going to necessarily sort of lean into where this stuff is, but there is one episode in particular that, that you know, for for all the achievements that they have of filming in real locations, this one specific episode is very volume heavy. Uh, at mm-hmm. least it felt that way. I don't know if they actually did use the volume for this series. I wouldn't see why they wouldn't. Um, but it, it, you know, and it does its job of looking very fantastical, which it's supposed to. But I, you can so tell that it's green screened, and it, it unfortunately that was like one of the moments visually that sort of took me out. But otherwise. Yeah, dude, the, the the sequences where we get to sort of see the vastness of Wales um, or even some of those forest uh, scenes are, are really, really well done. I, I know what you're speaking about when you reference the 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 sequences that, that felt very CGI. But that said, everything about this feels authentic to Willow. You know what I mean? Like, it it feels like it's, it's very much purposely building out the world beyond what the original film did and it's it's doing it really well it's it's okay if it mixes and it feels inspired from other things that we've seen it's 
building its own legs to stand in the genre. And I think it's working. I think it's really working well. I also know what you're referencing when you're talking about, you know, the, some of the CG bringing you out. But I think one of the strengths of this story is the, or this series is the story is so strong that you're invested. And you're like, it might look bad, but I still care about what is, you know, what I'm seeing and what I'm learning about these these quests, this quest that these characters are on. And again, this the the fast pace of the show is something that I really enjoy because it feels like a typical fantasy movie or like '80s movie where yeah things happen really quickly and then they move on yeah. to the next thing. So you get your these really really quick payoffs by the end of the episode you're not waiting whole seasons to see what happens to this one character you get it right away and again that that i think is one of the strengths because it moves so quickly that you're you're getting that rush and those adrenaline hits every time you tune into an episode and it's it's so rewarding yeah i i I think that the the pacing is probably one of the best parts uh, Mm -hmm. about this series it doesn't feel slow fast each episode is is dedicated to characters mm-hmm. and show and showcasing their stories throughout the larger story and, and while keeping that larger story going through and and that's really enjoyable there's a serious investment and you know again connecting back to the story it is these characters these these characters are so well written and they're mm-hmm. all so well acted uh each of them feel very relatable and I, I'm just like that to me is really the heart of what's carrying this beyond everything else we just talked about is is the dynamic between these characters and who they are in this story. It's it's fantastic. And I love that they've brought they did they've brought back original characters like Willow, like Sorsha, um, but then they also they give callbacks in really subtle ways as well with with things like like Eric being named after the character from the movie or um, or the fact that he's got very similar sword skills to his father or the fact that Kit has the same sword that her mom used in the original. Like there's these little things that for folks who either, you know, watched the movie for the first time literally right before going into the show or those who are like diehard fans of Willow. I'm sure I'm sure you're out there if you're listening there's to this. There's tons review. of them. Yeah, of absolutely. Course, yeah. Um, those are going to be those things that are going to really help you appreciate the way that they, they continue uh, from the original story. And and yeah, dude, the characters, they're, they're phenomenal. They're not overtly dramatic. The dialogue is written to modernize, you know, this world for today's audiences and the comedy uh, is great from Comedy everyone slaps, in the cast, man. but dude, so good. like yeah. Borman, we Borman. got just Borman. Borman. Yeah. Borman. Ah. Borman's great. Yeah, he is. He is the Mad Mardigan of this mm-hmm. of this story. And you know, when we were able to sit down with him and talk to him, he, he mentioned that his inspiration for for his character comes from Mad Mardigan. And to have that character and to have that and to 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 fuse what I feel is like such a real part of who Umar is in in real life. Like I think. Borman is is just a little bit more exaggerated in that action as as he referenced and he I'm emotionally invested in him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like he's he's out to prove something and I want to see him succeed. And this mm-hmm. whole this whole cast feels kind of like a, uh, a overall a personification of kind of our three main leads from the original movie of mm-hmm. of Willow uh in some of our one of our characters in particular uh in in you know Sorsha in one of our characters or a couple of our characters in particular and uh and then and then Mad Mardigan uh as we're saying with with Borman and a few others so it's it's just really cool to see the way that they sort of are are able to keep those core character competencies and then not only um you know evolve 
a couple of those characters, uh, with the exception of Mad Mardigan, but also um, give us more Mad Mardigan through uh, this cast, I think is just really, really lovely. And they all worked so well together. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that like they just... It, it, it's it's a younger group of characters, and I love that they don't get along instantly. Um, they they still have to work together, which again feels very similar to the the original movie. And uh, and we find out why you know each of them they they sort of feel the need to go on this quest, and we get to learn more about their individual reasons uh, for why they feel like they have to do this. Um, and that was really great to explore as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's investment to write those little character stories amongst the larger story that I was mentioning before. That's investment for the viewers to care for the characters Mm -hmm. outside of just this huge quest. It's about their development and their growth along on that quest. So it's it's so well crafted in that that you really do end up caring for these characters. Like I have such a commitment to to Kit and Jade. Um, I really want to see what happens with Graydon. Uh, you know, again, the these episodes really do allow you to connect and understand each of their motives and where they are in their journey of life and how this quest is is very much going to shape them. So. Bravo to to the writing and uh, to to Kasdan for just crafting great characters. Because again, I think this series proves that spectacle, is spectacle, but characters are everything. And we do get, I will say, we get like two or three uh, guest appearances in a way. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna well, spoil. Christian, I'm not Christian gonna spoil Slater them. But is, Christian Slater is in. Yeah, is, is in the cast. Yeah. I honestly yeah. had no idea he was in the show. So yeah. when he pops up, <laughs> I was like, "What the frick is Christian Slater doing here?" Uh, and we can't say really anything about his character, but he he does make for a really sort of fun addition uh, to this mm-hmm. journey. Uh, and there's another character. All I'm gonna say is that I was just really stoked about seeing them on screen. Yeah, I mean, sure. you messaged me right away, so I know how stoked you <laughs> yeah. are about that one appearance. Yeah. Again, yeah. they these characters are so great that even though they're brief, time, we have brief time with them, they still bring so much heart to the series, and mm-hmm. you care for them so much. It's again brilliant writing and brilliant casting to bring these characters and these stories to life. Absolutely. Um, okay, was. I know we're kind of like going all off and we're just like, we're just, I'm getting my, my Nelwyn costume on, you know, I see, uh, Justin, you've got the, the long braid for your Mad Mardigan look before we start our cosplay adventure. Uh, was there anything that, that didn't work from this, uh, this series? I, I, I struggled to kind of find things. I think the, the first watch for me, at least of these episodes was very enjoyable. I didn't know what to anticipate. So I don't know if I was necessarily thrown off by anything um, that would necessarily detract. I was more surprised at how invested I was, how it hooked me, you know, after the first episode that I was like, all right, I'm, I'm in, let's, let's just get, keep going with this. Um, So like, I, I was trying to think of some things maybe from a narrative standpoint, but I don't know. I think it all just lands on, on, how everything concludes really at the end of it. Yeah. I mean, mine feels more like I feel, I'm going to call it innate criticism because <laughs> I'm being greedy and saying that some of these characters, I wish we had more time with mm. and it's not like a disservice to the story or anything like that. It completely makes sense as to why we spend such little time with some of these new introductions. But at the same time, it's like, dang, they're so good. Why we, I want more of that. And again, that's not really a criticism if they've written the characters so well that I want more. It's, that's a really good, good job and that makes you know their departures from the series so much more impactful so again not really a criticism but a bit of a like oh could have seen more of that sure i i think 
You know, I don't have a ton of negative. I think I'm, this is going to be a little bit more nitpicky, but I think... Uh, Nate picky. Th- th- Nate, we renamed it. <laughs> there Nate you go. Picky. Let's do it. Nate picky. Um, <laughs> I think there's something to be said about getting used to Warwick uh, Davis's uh, dialogue delivery at the beginning of the show. I do think he does get better as the series goes on. And obviously, you know, if you're not used to seeing Warwick Davis act uh, beyond sort of his background moments in Star Wars um you know it's 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 a little jarring at first and then after a little while I think you start to get used to it and he does actually honestly get better where I think in the first episode or first couple episodes his delivery is a bit static and sounds a little forced at times with some of the things he's saying and I'm just I don't know I wasn't buying him but but thankfully he does get better I think the pacing um later in the episodes uh, that we got does slow down a, a, a little too much because like you were saying, Darcy, the pacing for the adventure is so good in the first, mm-hmm. I want to say first like four or a few episodes that we got where yes, it does feel like we're on this progression. We're on this adventure. We're moving, we're moving. And we hit a moment uh, in the series, uh, in the season a little bit later that really does slow down. And I think it hit harder for me just because of how well-paced it was. Mm. That when It, it was does, a hard stop. I, it's I get it's you. a hard yeah, I stop. And I don't know yeah. if we needed it to be as long as it was. I think but the it, character yeah. development, I, I think they showed that they can do character development yes. good enough at the pace that they were going. That they didn't sure. need to give us this big, long uh, character, if it's, you know growth episode if you know if it's what i'm the talking episode about that i'm thinking yeah. yeah if it's the episode that i'm thinking of it's it would have been part of a three-act story do you know what i mean like that was the part of right. the story where they get to and maybe a little bit more driven around learning expositionally what's mm-hmm. you know some what's other elements right so um you know that's that's very half-assed trying to avoid spoilers. <laughs> I know it's tough. I, I I know I know what you mean, but I think that that was that was needed, mm. especially for where how things progress after. Sure, I will think <laughs> I will say also just last Nate, Nate pick I guess is what we're calling them now. Uh, unfortunately, um, I think uh, the show still does suffer from something a lot of shows, a lot of modern fantasy shows suffer from which is dark scene lighting I think um, and this again I know this sounds so nitpicky but it's just it's especially especially noticeable in episode three where these characters are pulling off some fantastic fight choreography and I just I couldn't see it like at all because the scene was raining and at night and the cast worked so hard during those scenes. I was reading that they they shot, you know, in Wales at night where it's already raining, but then they still had a rain machine for some reason. And so it's obviously not the most comfortable conditions to shoot in over and over and over again. So I just wish that the lighting was a little bit better. I, I would have liked to seen what was going on. And I understand that's like a dark moment. It's a dark part of the world. I get that. But at the same time, when it when it takes away from sort of the the uh, action set pieces that you've painstakingly yes, yeah. set up. I think that's a, a little bit unfortunate. Um, and I don't know if that's like set design or if something it was like, maybe they could have fixed that in post. Uh, but yeah, that, that uh, it, was it felt probably... like, it felt like I know the scene cause you messaged me. Did he message you Darcy? <laughs> no, he did <laughs> not actually. <laughs> no. So he met, or I think I talked to him on the phone and he said, yeah, wait till you get to episode three. It's, it's, it you're going to see dark. some stuff. I'm- it gets dark, but I didn't have a problem. And the same thing said about the Game of Thrones episode that everyone bitches and complains about. <laughs> I didn't have a problem. I could see everything. It is dark, and it does feel like it's a one-wash palette. Like, it's very blue-gray. 
Do you know what I mean? Because it's rain and there's no light, right? And everything just feels like monochromatic and all just different shades of the same color. I do feel like it was very flat, but I, I, in no point did I could I not see what was going on and, and the action that was that was happening. So I don't know if it's a TV calibration thing or what. I know what you mean. They're trying to make it seem as as natural and authentic, like it's like Lost. You know, when they're running through the jungle and there's like this spotlight and you're meant to believe it's moonlight. Mm -hmm. But then like in certain shots, when they show wides, you obviously see a light like shining down. Mm -hmm. Right. Like it just doesn't make sense for 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 the environment. But at least I could tell that like at least I could see what the characters were emoting and like I could be drawn into those sequences in a fantasy show. Just light the scene better. Darcy. Sorry. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, I mean, ever since the House of Dragon debacle, and even kind of before that, I mean, a lot of CG-heavy stuff or, like, all these newer fantasy things shoot darker so that it's easier to hide those mistakes. I have my contrast on my TV permanently set to, like, high so I can see those dark scenes better detailed. So, again, I also didn't have a problem throughout the series because I made those adjustments. So, again, maybe it is a TV calibration thing, but, I mean, if you do make the adjustments, it is an incredible episode <laughs> i'm yeah, just saying exactly. i don't think we should have to make those adjustments uh anyways uh, i have to for everything now <laughs> we're getting we're getting on a bit of a tangent here uh, that, maybe that oled of yours is uh is seriously it, failing you i don't know what happened it's dude not- <laughs> i don't know maybe it's my eyesight i think tom cruise needs to put out another video of him just talking about making adjustments <laughs> on the tv again anyways uh let's get to our final thoughts on this series and your rating uh which we're going to be rating on a scale of one to five fingers on the finger test. And this is, by the way, for those who listen to our Wednesday review, we're rating yet again on fingers. Um, but uh, <laughs> but this time, it's on the finger test. Uh, so, Darcy, why don't you kick us off? I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, I've the last few uh, reviews I've been on, I've been gushing about pretty much everything. I, I'm in a very good mood uh, and I'm enjoying everything I'm watching. This series delivers so much on that, you know, heartfelt fantasy adventure inspired by the 80s, but modernized through the score, soundtrack, and even set design and everything like that is just incredible. And I am so on board to see how this story ends, and I can't wait for that finale. Uh, Again, some of the issues that I have are, I mean, like you said, the plot does kind of slow down a bit, but in the grand scheme of things, it, it makes sense with the story, so it didn't bother me that much. But again, some of those characters I wish stuck around a bit more. Again, all these little things added up to to give my score, bring bump my score down from that perfect five to a, a four point five out of uh, five fingers on the fingers test. So okay. yeah, I mean, I really enjoy it, and I can't wait to see how it ends. Yeah, I I I would echo much of what Darcy said. This is the show is an absolute de- delight, and like I was saying, going into it, I didn't know what to expect after watching rewatching the <laughs> original movie and remembering how campy it was, and I am honestly surprised at how much uh, I have come to adore this. This series, uh, the show honors the original film while Darcy, as Darcy said, modernizing it for today's audience on all levels. Uh, you know, from the music, from its set design, from its its dialogue, uh, the way these these characters are written, um, and and it it much of much of my my enjoyment for this series comes from from the cast. Each character plays you know, somewhat of a typical archetypal character that we would commonly see in such quest-like narratives. But the level of maturity and and charm that that each bring to their role and that this overall story has, it's worthy of the fantasy genre and really does stand on its own right of being having its own pocket within within there. Um again, incredibly relatable characters, grand scope that that feels more real 
than overly CGI. And I, I honestly think that this series is a definite watch. It feels like it'll be great for families to watch together. They're very, you know, adventure, week to week adventures. I think people are going to be, I'm hoping people will get really invested in it as much as we have. <laughs> uh, and, and yeah, I, I think that it really does matter about how, how it all comes together and where things are going to go in the end. Uh, hats off to John Kasdan for, you know, being the ultimate geek and <laughs> loving this franchise and wanting to tell more stories and finding a way that m you could keep what's what respects the past while also just moving the needle forward with with the modernization. Um, so yeah, I, I would give this as well 4.5 out of five fingers on the finger test. Sounds good. Sounds good. Um, yeah, I, I think this is a great time of year for this series to come out. Uh, get your family watching these episodes. It's, uh, you know, I think everyone, everyone has their, their holiday traditions with some of these fantasy series, right? You've got the people that are going to rewatch Harry Potter every year. You've got the people that are going to watch Lord of the Rings every year. Who knows? Maybe there's someone young enough in your family that hasn't seen those series. Uh, and this could be sort of their their Christmas rewatch of of maybe the movie into the into the uh, the the series. Uh, this show, I think, it rocks. It's 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 crazy that we we have a year, you know, as we were mentioning with Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, House of the Dragon, and this stands right up there with them as top tier fantasy storytelling. And I think the key to this series, even more so than those, is that this is so damn fun. Uh, I was delightfully surprised, and I think the cast, as we were saying, is excellent. The music, the soundtrack, fantastic. The the visuals in the world of Anduin are memorable and epic, uh, all while the story and the characters, as you're saying, Justin, they feel so relatable. They're not overtly dramatized. Uh, we do get some moments where we get to explore a lot of emotions, and the show does go to some dark places, but never to the point where you know it's it's not like a game of thrones level of mm -hmm. like darkness like it's still it's still campy um now i remember darcy you and i watched this trailer at star wars celebration and i remember we both we kind of watched the trailer and we're like that looks neat maybe we'll have to check it out and then we immediately mm -hmm. were just like but star wars star wars star wars yeah yeah <laughs> uh, so i think honestly for this show to be such a success for us is is awesome i think for star wars fans i think this is such a win for lucasfilm uh, and i hope this means that not only do we get a season two of this show but that we also get more lucasfilm projects let's mm -hmm. i want to see what lucasfilm can do we this is like the first thing i think in 10 or 8 years or something that lucasfilm has put out that's not indiana jones star wars um related and and i'm i'm honestly um, I'm really. And they happy have Land Before it. Time. They should re-resurrect re that. Eh? Is that Lucasfilm? That no way. Yeah. No yeah, way, Lucasfilm. dude. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Please, please, John Kasdan, make it happen. Uh, now he's probably listening to this because he was on an interview with us. That's how it works. Uh, anyways, I am really excited to see how this season wraps up, and I can't wait uh, to return to this show in a season two, uh, which I think. You know, I, I really do think we're going to get a, a season two. It sounds like they, they all want to work on more of it. Um, again, some, some slight production elements aside, pacing elements aside, uh, I'm giving Willow a solid four out of five fingers on the finger test. And I'm pointing that last finger 
at me because I'm the chosen one. Uh, well, that is it. We hope you enjoyed this spoiler-free review for Willow. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on this series or any of the movies or shows we cover, well, I'm going to cast a High Aldwin spell on Justin so he can tell you where you can reach us. They can reach us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or they can reach out to us on Twitter at geekcentricyt or on Instagram at wearegeekcentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other episodes covering the latest and greatest movies and shows out now, like our recent spoiler-free reviews for The Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special, Strange World, Disenchanted, and Mickey, The Story of a Mouse, all of those from Disney. Uh, and our spoiler-free reviews for Netflix's Wednesday, Glass Onion, A Knives Out Story, and Slumberland. Uh, we also have a ton of interviews, like our most recent interview with the cast and showrunner of this show, like we were saying. So go traverse the mountains of YouTube at youtube.com slash geekcentric uh, to check out those interviews and click on all the things. Click that bell, okay? Uh, like the videos, share the videos with your friends, leave the podcast a beautiful five-star review if you're enjoying our content. And honestly, heck, why not just leave us a written review? You know, we're, we're writing notes for our reviews every single time we put out one of these reviews. I'd love to see some of your notes on us. And uh, if you have any feedback for us or, or just want to let us know how we're doing, please do so. Uh, that would be so lovely. Darcy, Justin, thank you so much for joining me for this wonderful epic journey of a review. And as we say, love ya. Laters. Peace. Peace.